Hello? One? Two? Is this thing on? Great. What's up? I'm Powerfuse, a retired goblin sapper in Warcraft Arclight Rumble. Someone paid me to tell you about this channel, Arclight Insights, and I never say no to money. These guys have podcasts, guides, interviews, PvP tournaments, you name it. <laughs> You've got what you need here. All those marvelous creations are engineered by the folks at the explosive Prisoners of War Guild. So, if you like their mumbo-jumbo, subscribe to the channel. <laughs> I did. I might even like it. Well, gotta go. Time is money, friend. Keep it real. Good morning, everyone. This is episode 16. I'll be your host today, Tapsnap. I'm here with Gora, Spanner, and Trixie. Trixie being off his trip from TwitchCon and talking with some of the Blizzard team for the game. We're going to be uh, going over that a little bit today. How's everybody's week going? Uh, not too bad. You know, coming back from vacation means there's 10 million things to do, but that's just the... The other side of taking vacation. But yeah, no, really happy to be back, you know, back home, back in my state, and especially really glad to be back here. Yeah, pretty good. We got what we needed to be done, done at work. And then uh, I got the tractor bogged while seeding. So that was fun. And we can't get it out yet. So Ooh. yeah, we got someone else coming in with a bigger tractor to pull it out next week, which hopefully it dries out by then. But there's been rain. A little bit of rain over the weekend already. That's one way to get out of work. Well, we just had to go do all the work, which was a lot less fun. <laughs> I had a bad week at work, very busy and extremely understaffed. Just said, came from the night shift, check a couple of things online, and went for a couple of hours nap and just uh, woke up to record the podcast. So <laughs> if I seem a bit down, it's... Uh, it's not only about the lack of updates in the game, it's because I'm very tired. <laughs> so I will do my best, I apologize. One thing that will cheer, cheer me up a bit is uh, just to know what happened in that trip for, um, of uh, Trixie going going uh, up to the west coast. Uh, what about you, Tap? I think you didn't tell us about you this week yet. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're here, Spanner. I know you're not feeling well, and you've been the, the voice of uh, trying to excite everyone. So you sounding a little down is we, we can deal with that. You, you've, been, you've been the one that's been trying to keep everybody's hopes up. So you deserve a little bit of break uh, for myself. I actually got offered a new job, so I'll be leaving Amazon and heading over to Home Depot as the head of maintenance for that building and a couple smaller buildings. So I'm excited about that. Hopefully that'll take some stress off. Working for Amazon is very stressful, so I'm happy to get out of that environment. Hopefully that'll do wonders for my uh, my life outside of work. Congratulations, man. Glad to hear. It's always nice when you go from a stressful job to a non-stressful job. Yeah, I, I had to do three interviews with that company. Oh, you know that, Sarah. Yeah, it's like one with my boss, and then one with the... Uh, Two people that run the building, uh, two GMs, one from my building and one from another building, and then another maintenance manager from another building. And then 
out of nowhere, they asked me to come in yesterday or two days ago and actually sit down with all the employees that would be under me and basically had them ask me questions about my leadership skills. And apparently that went very well because I got called yesterday with an offer. So that's a lot of building. Yeah, it sounds like a good interview process, actually. Eliminating or helping to at least greatly, it sounds like greatly reduce bias from people. Yeah, there's always going to be a little bit of bias, though. There was one guy that wanted the position, but that was already there. Overall, I really liked the process. Uh, bringing the employees in to ask questions was not something I was expecting and very, very well done. They need to be able to trust and like me. So it makes it easier for the company to bring me in and have them ask me questions and know who I am before they extend an offer. Because if they don't like my answers, it's just going to make it a hard time if they hire me. Yeah, that's really clever. They create buy-in before you even start. That's really clever. I like that. So we're going to go over some stuff today. Uh, definitely, we're going to go over uh, the trip with Trixie. There's some questions I have for him. I'm sure the others do as well. And then also, I think we discussed uh, some cosmetics that we want to re-go over and basically get our opinions on. I think we should really start with Trixie. I think that is the thing that's most interesting about the podcast today, at least for me. I, I, I want to dive into that. Yeah, let's go for it. Is there something in particular you're wondering? Or do you want to start with where you went and who you met? So before we dive into... Uh, who you met out there. Let's go a little bit over TwitchCon because um, none of us have ever been to TwitchCon. I'm sure there's a lot of the people that are listening have never been to TwitchCon. What was the experience at TwitchCon? Was it what you perceived it to be or was it this a cluster mess of people everywhere? You know, I've been to several other conventions like MegaCon and it's, that's essentially something like Comic-Con. So I've been to conventions before and I've been to conventions for work as well in the HVAC field. So going into this, I'm like, oh, I bet it's going to be something similar to that. And it was kind of, you know, it's in a convention center. A lot of different properties and groups and people and things have, you know, their little booths and setups. It was TwitchCon, though, so it's obviously catering more to streamers. So there was several, honestly, more than several booths in one section that was, I don't know if they were companies or just a specific product, but going to streamers and like, hey, look at our product. It helps you do this better. It helps you interact with your audience better. It helps you manage this better. There was a lot of those booths. There was probably three or four game demo booths, like for new games are like really in alpha still. Just like, hey, come try our game in alpha and get a beta code. There were also a surprisingly, at least to me, this was surprising. There was quite a few equipment booths, not like streaming equipment, not like cameras or software, but like hardware booths, like controllers and headsets and several different types of like adaptive controllers, like some for like steering wheels, some for other kind of things. So there was more hardware than I expected. Other than that, there was like a whole separate floor for obviously Artist Alley. People selling, you know, art, stickers, merch, a lot of that kind of stuff, which was kind of nice. They had their own little separate section. Other than that, there was that foam box where people kept getting hurt. I think there was a big land center for the streamers as well. Twitch Rivals, I, I briefly watched that. I wasn't super uh, into that. I think that's the majority of it. It wasn't 
slam. There was don't get me wrong, there was a lot of people there, but at no point did I feel like I was like just surrounded by people and there's nowhere to walk. I don't know if it's just a good light layout by the people who designed the booths, or it was just a coincidence because there was there was a lot of people. Like Lardis Alley was slammed, that whole area was packed, and like the main floor where everything was happening was pretty packed. But maybe the booths were just designed the right way where there's the good amount of people were at each one where you could still walk around and do stuff. Well, hopefully next year, maybe all of us will get to go once the game launches and our the podcast will probably pick up because there'll be more people playing the game, more people streaming. Maybe we'll all get a chance to go and we finally get to meet each other and, and uh, hang out out there. That'd be very cool. It was a very interesting city to go to. Yeah, I'd love that. And it's a bit tougher for me to, and especially for Agora as well, all the way to America. But um, it is an idea I would love to do for sure, to come and meet you guys. Truly the biggest almost shock to me of everything I saw there was the fact that it's so walkable. Like someone, as someone who drives almost an hour to work every day and has to drive everywhere, I literally walked everywhere I was at down there. That was wild. Yeah, when I went to Gamescom in Cologne a couple of years ago, I just, I I was so tired in the end because it's <laughs> miles and miles of uh, stuff to watch. So I imagine it was kind of similar. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was like, you know, like Megacon or Comic-Con, just on a little bit smaller scale and a little more niche. A lot less variety there. Uh, the irony of there being a lot of variety streamers. Apart from TwitchCon, you had the opportunity to actually meet some people that are related with the Arclight Rumble team. So what happened there? So yeah, that was really, really cool. Uh, we had the, the meeting invite, but it really didn't say what it was. So what it actually ended up being was like a, a Warcraft, like the Warcraft IP essentially, influencers meeting. So there was really mainly just a bunch of people who stream and play WoW and a few people who manage some WoW teams there as well. And then from Blizzard, there were people from uh, a couple different Warcraft teams there, several quest designers, several um, just miscellaneous people from the team, uh, a couple marketing managers. And then the person from the Rumble team I met was the, the influence relationships manager, who's basically the the wall between us and the actual other teams. So he's kind of just, you know, essentially the, the messenger man in charge, in charge of the entire uh, message service. Uh, what is his name? That, that was Alex Lynn. The, uh, I think it was the influence relationships manager. Well, I would like to thank Alex for inviting us out. Sorry. Some of us couldn't make it, but I'm glad Trixie did. But so thank you for uh, bringing us out. Yeah. It was nice to um, have some representation there for sure. For, for the the guild and the podcast. Did you meet anyone else at the moment there, the uh, content creators for Arcalite Rumble, or or you didn't have, or you didn't uh, really have that opportunity? Um, We were there for probably three and a half or four hours. I managed to meet a good amount of people there. Pretty much, uh, you know, the Blizzard team kind of just went and made sure they talked to pretty much everyone. I met several of the other streamers there, and it looks like I would say I was the only one that was really in doing anything with Arclight. It was a majority of them were definitely, you know, the WoW streamers. I think one was maybe doing Hearthstone, um, but it was definitely a Warcraft-centric event. 
So before we get into asking too many questions that you probably can't answer for us right now, did you get any cool things? Like, did they give any merchandise out? Oh uh, yeah, I got a cool little it was like um, a backpack, you know, with a Warcraft Dragonflight on there. A really nice uh, thermos and a water bottle with the the Blizzard logo or the WoW logo. Just some pins and a few other little little goodies. But it was actually a very very nice thermos. Like I'm gonna definitely be using that. It's really nice quality. Plus, you know, they fed us as well, which is hard to disagree with. Food's always nice. What did you eat? You want to let us know? <laughs> it was it was buffet style, but I picked up the chicken sandwich. It was it was very delicious. I don't think I, I the whole time I was out there, I don't think I had any bad food. It was though very very tasty out there. I was really hoping like it would be like themed to like you had like Merlot cakes and like stuff like that, like stuff themed around like the Warcraft. <laughs> Imagine that. Well, no, I think it was, everything. It, it was at like an actual like restaurant where they had rented like the entire place out for the event. They do have that uh, Warcraft cookbook, don't they? I think they have two. Yeah, that's been out for a while. I was trying to find it. I actually had the cookbook somewhere here near me. I was trying to see where it is. Were you making Warcraft yeah, my bro I got it one year from my brother. Pretty sure my brother still has his. I got it one year for Christmas for him. I think they have quite a few of the mage items, like the the cakes and stuff that the mages conjure that's the feels cheap that's that's the one food you and wow you don't have to cook <laughs> to get into some of the the questions well i know you can't talk about some things how much information did they give you without going into detail right now how much were you satisfied with the information they gave you yeah i did i was able to talk to them for actually a good amount of time there's really unfortunately not a lot i can really say just because of the nature of a game in development. But I was essentially told enough to essentially still keep the hype, just so to say, to still be excited for the game, excited for the future. What I can say is that there are patches in the works, patches planned with some decent amount of content that's going to be coming. And just There's no, unfortunately, timeline that I can give or what's coming with it or what the plan is for X or Y, but is it is enough to keep me still excited and very very hopeful for the future of the game the devs seem very very passionate about what they're doing and they really are making sure to put it out a good product and it doesn't seem like they want to just rush it out the door oh that's good to hear we always hear people going on about like old blizzard that would sit there and polish the game until it was ready it didn't seem they are trying to rush anything out the door uh, anyway but uh, it's good to know I just, it's, it was good to hear that you got some information and that they seemed excited about it, at least from what, how you described it to us, that they're excited. I just wish you didn't have to travel all the way to California to get some information to share with us. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do. So, um, Trixie, uh, again, we know we, we you can't talk about much, um, but from what you got and what you did talk about, do you feel like the game is progressing and it's going to, or, or do you feel like they're actively working on the game and it, the game is going to be what we hope it to be from your conversations? Yeah, I'm definitely hopeful for it. It sounds like the devs are really passionate about what they're doing and they're really working hard to make a good game. It sounds like the devs are actually, you know, really have a lot of say in what's going on. So it, that's a very, at least to me, that's a pretty good sign that this game is going to be really good when it comes out, really 
coming out strong, that they're making good choices. Uh, you know, it sucks on our side when, you know, there's a bit of a content drought, but at the end of the day, it, a, a bad game can be rushed. A good game can be delayed. And this is, you know, it, it sucks for the short time, but I think in the long run, the devs and the team are making the correct decisions. That's exciting to hear because and I can speak for myself, but I've been kind of disappointed lately. I think it's came across in some of the, the uh, Discord, but just hearing your excitement and hearing some of the information that you could tell us, I'm, I have some renewed hope, so that's good. Yeah, me too, especially coming from Trixie, please. I, uh, I always respect and uh, have confidence in the stuff that Trixie says. So if it came from someone else, I will be like, yeah, whatever. But since Trixie got this impression from them, it kind of gives me hope as well, to be honest. Yeah, I'm very excited for the next. I'm hoping I'm, you know, this is pure speculation that maybe by the end of the month we'll see something. Maybe next week we'll see. Maybe even even a minor balance patch would be exciting. Just give us something new to play around with or try out. But I'm, I'm my uh, going out there and talking to them and then seeing everything. It's um, the you know the excitement and hope has definitely been renewed. So did you talk with them any about the podcast? How did they feel about our podcast or? or the content we're putting out was any of that discussed? Yeah, I did talk to him about that. He was really, you know, happy and excited for us that, you know, we're obviously doing it for the new thing coming out. Really, really glad we're, you know, keeping the hype in this minor uh, drought period. He, he seemed to be legitimately, you know, happy for us that we're doing this and he was excited. So there's definitely some people, you know, that are listening to this from the team over there. So. It's a, it's, it's a very neat ex- you know, life experience, you know, especially growing up playing these games my entire life and then getting invited out to one of the things for a game they're literally in the design for. Yeah, it's, it's nice they, they have this appreciation for, for the work that our guild does. And um, uh, one thing is we might not have thousands and thousands of uh, listeners and viewers right now, but... Um, it's nice to it there's not many games out there that have like a recorded history like we are doing with this game in a few years you can look back and have a very well documented history of the the development and progress of the game since closed beta and it will be nice to look at and see all the things that were happening at the start and uh, it makes me happy that we are actually um, creating this content and leaving it out there so people can enjoy it and it, it, imagine if you have lots and lots of footage of world of warcraft at the very beginning before it was even out that will be some some cool stuff to look at I, I think in my opinion to be able to revive that those moments i feel like that hurt my eyes to look at like I, i've seen some older wow recordings and it, it, it it's very unrefined at, the, at this point, at least the phone game yeah. looks very yeah. nice and crisp. Old WoW footage is chunky. That's because most people had computers that didn't even have graphics cards in them. It's probably true. Yeah. The built-in integrated graphics card, and you're still running enough add-ons to, to cover up your entire screen. Because back then, we only you know rated on one screen, and you had to have room for Peggle somewhere oh, on your screen. God, I miss Peggle. I remember. Was it Peggle? The one we match the gems or something. 
Yeah. Yeah, Bejeweled and Pagel. That's you love to see uh the add-on give an announcement into Guild Chat in the middle of you oh, know, yeah. progression. Just especially when you're like the tanker oh. healer. It's like, yeah, I was, <laughs> I totally wasn't ignoring my duties and playing Pagel. Oh, I had it set up to whenever I got on a flight path, it would pop up and I would play it during the flight path. <laughs> nice. I remember um raiding in Wrath as a holy paladin and then I'll just be sitting there playing. <laughs> I mean, you only have to hit one button. I can't talk. I played a hunter for essentially from vanilla up until I really quit playing like consistently, which was probably the, I think, uh, BFA. So I don't think I'm allowed to say anything about hard to play classes. My my pet would out damage most of the most of the melee. Sometimes it was very funny. All right. So let's let's move on to the other topic uh, discussing cosmetics and how they're in the game. A new game just launched by Blizzard, Overwatch 2. Not a new game, but an updated version. And there's already been some controversy with some of the cosmetics in that game. Uh, One being that people are showing price changes where the price is one thing. And then the next day it says, oh, you can get this skin for 20% off, but it's the exact same price. Um, That could just be an error in the coding. But is this what's what's going on in blizzard because we had this issue with diablo immortal now we have another game that this launch where people are complaining about the price of cosmetics and how the cosmetics are done is this a direction blizzard's going is trying to get money more money from cosmetics do you think yeah the problem with immortal though that was pay to win wasn't it cosmetics are now this is coming from someone who spent several thousand dollars in league and dota and cosmetics so like i'm not anti-cosmetics i love hats but it's still cosmetics it's it doesn't affect you know your ability to move a mouse and pull a trigger like a diablo mortal was legitimately pay to win in overwatch it's hats it doesn't make you play better i wish it did i'd be i'd be freaking challenger in league or and or arc or whatever the highest rank now in dota is because they changed the names a while back and i haven't cared to play competitively in a while but like I, my hats don't make me better yeah but how much are we willing to pay for a digital hat like there i think yes. some of the pricing might be a little bit off for some skins especially some of the stuff i've been seeing about overwatch 2 is some of these skins are 20 30 dollars and they're just kind of a recolorization of a basic skin with a little bit of design thrown in. Like, I, I know it's up to the consumer, like myself and you guys, to decide if we want to spend our money on that. But where does the cost come in? Like, how much does it co- cost the developers to change the color of a skin and then decide, oh, we're going to charge 20 to $30 for this skin when... It probably just took one stroke of the key or mouse or whatever. Well, in Arclight Rumble, I'm happy even if they have $1 million uh, hats because um, it means when there's enough hype about this game and people like Asmongold come here to give the game the 15 minutes of fame that we'll have at some point, it means that they will get revenue for $1 million of uh, Asmongold buying a a hat for for the cobalt and this means that this is all the advantage that he's gonna have instead of me playing for 16 hours a day 
and Asmon Gold go there in 15 minutes and does the same progress as me by buying a, a certain chest. So I hope they have reasonably priced stuff like $5 for some permanent skins. But I'm okay if they have a million dollars options because it's, if someone is silly enough to buy it and it, it keeps the game balanced for everyone else, I'm, I'm okay with it. But for me personally, I laugh at anyone that spends more than five maybe maximum ten dollars on the skin because i think maybe there is some sort of mental imbalance there for you to be spending this that much crazy amount of money for just a visual effect in the game but that's just me everybody has different tastes personally attacked <laughs> i mean you said you spend a lot of money it, it you didn't say that uh, it was five hundred dollars here five hundred dollars there it could be a lot of smaller transactions I think it was a mix of both. I think the most, ex whatever the most expensive, I think it was about a 20 or $30 skin. I think I had all of them when I played, actually played the game. I haven't played either one in like two or three years, so I haven't bought anything in two or three years. But when I was, I was pretty much buying whenever anything new came out. But like, it's, it's what you, you know, you're, you're spending on what you enjoy. You know, it's, you know, it's, I guess what you get your own value out of it. If you get the skin and then you use it pretty much exclusively for a year, because that's all your, you know, that one character you really enjoy. That's you're getting a lot of value out of twenty dollars. Yeah, twenty dollars is not that bad, but it's like three hundred dollars Overwatch. I start to question what's going on there. Like, why would you pay three hundred dollars for? I, I don't know. Everybody has different uh, concepts of uh, the value of money, but for me. $300 is a little bit. That could be like a family food for a month or something. I don't know. It's just strange for me. That's like four tanks of gas. So for me, I I, I want to see a couple different things for cosmetics monetization. I would love to see a battle pass where we could get skins and stuff through the battle pass. I also would like to be able to buy cosmetics, not just with real money, but gold earned or valor. Uh, since at the moment we have nothing to spend gold or valor on once we pretty much buy everything in the game. And also some kind of system, uh, achievement system to gain. Like use this hero in 100 matches and unlock this new skin or something. I think those three would be my top what i want in the game for cosmetics or way to earn cosmetics i think that's what hearthstone has isn't it uh for some other stuff you have to win so many games and you get an additional portrait for your hero yeah yeah i like top's idea so the precedent is there i like top's idea of the getting skins by via gameplay i'm a bit probably a bit skeptical about using gold to get skins because for example we are in a competitive guild and if the on uh, if there was mixed ways to get the same skin yeah that, that'll be all right but some skins if you can get it only for gold and if uh, if i had players in the guild uh, wanting to try to be number one in the game and i see them using their gold to buy skins when they could have used it to buy talents or experienced tomes i would kind of question that player a little bit to be honest with you but you know but there's different guilds for different situations i guess what about you gora you kind of quiet there at the moment what's your take on the cosmetics well if it's only cosmetics and doesn't affect gameplay yeah yeah i'm fine with it 
And as for the pricing, uh, maybe just a good range of different cosmetics that you can purchase from different price points. And then also similar cosmetics, but earned through gameplay of some kind as well. So like uh, portraits, so the skins around portraits to resemble like old school WoW, rare and elite mobs would be pretty cool with like the gold and silver dragons. And that could be for like maybe downing a Nixie, you could get a gold portrait skin. And you can sort of show off your achievement through other players in PvP then as well for what you've done in PvE. I like that idea, but I think you should only get the portrait skin for the here uh for the leader that you beat it with, and not all the leaders. So you have to beat it with every leader to get that portrait. Yes. That, that would be cool. See, both of you together there, I think you just had the brilliant idea. Getting a, a skin for killing Onyxia, it means that it, your effort needs to be there and you're going to earn it. At the same time, it could motivate people to buy gold bundles in the shop. So it's a win-win for player skill and commitment being rewarded and a motivation for people to buy the current bundles in the shop, which are not over expensive compared to many other games out there, like Diablo or Immortal, for example. And then also uh, there was Gora's idea there, and then Tap made it an even better idea by extending the replayability of the game and only uh, giving the gold portraits to the class, to the leader, sorry, that beat Onyxia. So straight away there, this is, the, this is for, in my opinion, the kind of thought process that the devs should have in this game to try to get revenue by motivating people to play more and increase the amount of content by virtue of getting these cosmetics uh, via be able to beat certain encounters in different ways and so i think if they use this kind of philosophy i think the game could be successful in terms of monetization and cosmetics so Another topic I kind of wanted to bring up, what do you guys think about like collectible toys that they can sell, like little figurines that might come with a code to unlock stuff in the game? I'm kind of looking at like, I know Overwatch did it. They did the, the random bundle thing where you go, went, I went to the store, bought a box and it was a random minifigure in it. Uh, sorry, not for Overwatch, for, uh, uh, what was that, uh, Heroes of the Storm. Let me restart. Oh, man, that was a struggle. Yeah. So, like, in Heroes of the Storm, they actually had minifigure random boxes where you could go and get the random figures, and I actually had all of the ones that they had released at the time. I think something like that would be cool, like, random figures, and then you get a code or something in it, and... It could unlock something in the game or give you a little bit of gold or something. Kind of, I guess, another way that, that that came about is World of Warcraft. When they released the card game, there was codes in that you could get in the card game to unlock stuff in the game. I think that interaction is really fun. Oh, I see what you mean now. Yeah, but where would they go? The UI is already pretty full. Like, I've seen some people mention other options for, like talents for kobold but there's no place to touch or select the kobold in the actual unit selector like you can't add a kobold to your team so how would you you know there's there's that's an extra slot in the ui that's actually been used pretty well 
So I imagine there's a lot of design constraints just around the UI in general. Yeah, but there could be something in the the army builder tab where you can click on it and it's for skins and you can it'll list everybody the hero the leaders the minis and even the cobalt you click it and, and it'll give you the list of skins it would just be like a drop down in a drop down in a drop down okay yeah that's not too bad i guess i didn't really think of it like that i guess i was trying to fit it where it was where you was could have space. it in each actual minis um description like the talents are listed at the moment just put an extra page in yeah that makes sense as well select, you can select it in the mini in your current army or in your unlocked roster and then it's applied whenever you then attach that mini to an army i don't think this is an if i think it's a win i i, I do not expect this game not getting cosmetics that's just that'd let be me, silly let me ask you guys something you know, usually, I don't know how big Arclight Rumble will be in, in the Warcraft universe, but we know there is a very close connection between Hearthstone and World of Warcraft in terms of shared cosmetics, pets, mounts, every time there is an expansion or when you buy those um, packs. I forgot the name in World of Warcraft. like Collector's Editions. Yeah, that's it, exactly. So... Oh, I, okay. I get what you're saying. <laughs> so, for example, uh, in you know, in Hearthstone, when you when you completed like a, a, the tutorial or a couple of wins, whatever, you get a mount in World of Warcraft. Uh, I think it's called Hearthsteed or something like this. Yeah. If they were, if they had a similar thing for Arclight Rumble in World of Warcraft, what what do you think is the kind of mount they should do in World of Warcraft based on? Arclight Rumble. Well, what kind of uh, idea would you put forward? I know it's hard for you just to think without any previous. <laughs> uh, I got it. This, this, the safe pilot um, oh, that aircraft. Cool. Yeah. And then the animation could be it crashing, like it, it uh, does a loop around and crashes oh. into the ground, blows up, and then you jump up and jump back into the aircraft that magically reforms itself. As its special animation. That would be interesting. Because the other... You just ha you, you would literally just have pretty much every WoW player then go play War. Just oh, to get sure. them out. <laughs> well, like, the other thing I think they did in reverse for Hearthstone, like you got from WoW, is this... I, f I forget exactly what it was. We had to like... I don't know if it was a friend account, like a refer friend, or... It was something janky that everyone just did themselves. But you had to like level a certain uh, character up to level 20, and then you got the portrait... And that character, I think it was a Blood Elf Paladin. It was, I don't truly remember because it was so long ago. But you got the character unlocked at Hearthstone as a playable character. Which obviously doesn't affect gameplay at all. And it's a cosmetic. But that's something they could do. Maybe um, change your footmen into Blood Elves or something like that. Yeah. Or High Elves, so they're still on the Alliance side. The one thing I do not want is stuff that you can obtain later on. Like, I... Like something that you only can get for a limited time. I, I really hate that aspect in a lot of games where you only can get this skin for this period of time and it's never coming back. I understand like seasonal skins like Halloween and stuff and they come back every year. That's fine. I do not want skins or cosmetics that only release once and they're limited time like BlizzCon. You attended BlizzCon, you get the special skin, only, only you have it. I hate that concept. 
I hate not being able to get everything everybody else gets. I'm on the opposite line of that, though. I think exclusivity makes the skins valuable. Like, I have a lot of really old mounts and pets and WoW that aren't attainable anymore. And, it, you know, it's it's kind of nice having something that's rare, not something that anyone can get. Like, having rare and nice things is nice. Yeah, but coming from someone that's a completionist, it drives me up a wall. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you would get a, a divided opinion here between the people because it is frustrating like if you if you start world of warcraft now and like tap said you are completing it you always gonna feel a bit empty there at, because you cannot actually complete everything and it feels really bad but at the same time the joy that people have by having these uh very rare and obtainable items it also keeps them playing the game but because they have this a sense of history and they have something special in their accounts so i think you will probably get a divided opinion there depends on what is your current situation one thing for example hearthstone they had a kind of like a midway system so you had some heroes that you could buy or some card backs and then they disappeared for a few years and now you can get them back the possibility to acquire them on the rotation system you pay like three dollars or, or something like that three to five dollars and you have the possibility to buy like a card back from may uh, 2017 or something like that so that is probably a, a mid a middle of the way system where it's still extremely difficult to get it but you have a, a possibility to get it if you just pay attention to when it's gonna come out yeah, but there's also some that, like, are rare just because they're hard to get. Like the, um, I'm going to butcher the name, the Black uh, Karaji Battle Tank. It's one per server. Like, there, there's mm -hmm. one allowed. Like, my, my finger's up in the one position right now. There's no way to be a true completionist with unless you have that mount. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you, yeah, you won't get that one anymore. I also, I prefer to get, to see rewards, uh, cosmetic rewards, or cosmetic options, or very cheaply priced in the shop, or based on um, completing a lot of achievements in the game. Like when I see these World of Warcraft mounts that have a 0.01% chance to get, and my wife already did over thousand runs in certain dungeons and she never gets the, the mount, it's really confusing for me. Why don't you just do it at 500 runs kills you get the the mount at least at least it's based on your effort it's it's a bit silly to have people like like the love rocket in world of warcraft people are trying to get that thing for over 10 years and they still didn't get it and every time they see someone with the rocket it's it kind of they die inside a little bit i don't understand that just give it a, a finite number of t attempts and then give it to the person they still worked very hard to get it but they will eventually get it yeah i can i understand that but i'm also someone who's i've I don't, i've lost count of how many runs i did for the hero or the mythic hero shoulders from garage and uh mr pandaria i still have not got them and i don't play wow anymore but you know i it, it just keeps them rare like one of the mounts i have is the swift Sephira. I, I think it's one of the rarest mounts in the game and you can't get anymore so it's 
I hate to use a sense, you know, it's a sense of pride and accomplishment to have something so rare that's so rarely seen. So I, I'm perfectly on the team of, you know, keep keep some things hard to get or rare. I don't mind hard to get items. I just don't like the fact that items go away and you can never get them. That's where I draw the line. Yeah, that, that's definitely one of the few things I think that'll be very polarizing to the entire community. That's a, a good place to draw plenty of lines. I think just again, like one thing they could do, probably something that would work that would appease both the people that want items hard to get and people that like top that hate to see items not being achievable is, uh, you know, when you have that month to acquire an item, let's say, for example, they put, we talked about cobalt hats in the past, right? So let's say they have a golden cobalt hat that is really cool and shiny. So they say, if you complete a certain amount of PvP wins in the next couple of months, you will get that hat. And let's say they put it at, I mean, let's say 200, you get the hat. But what happens is after that, now, instead of 200 PvP wins in two months, you'll need 500 and you will get the hat. So make it appealing for the community to play during that period of time as a, to obtain the item. So people will still motivate it to play because they will need to spend way less time to acquire the item, but still keep it available in game. Just make it harder to get. And I think they will still achieve the both worlds, which is getting engagement of players during that time to get the cosmetic but do not remove the possibility of acquiring it in the game. Just make it harder to get after that promotional uh, event. I have a feeling that Gora doesn't is not really too much into cosmetics. Uh, <laughs> Gora's closet mean, is just 50 white t-shirts. <laughs> no, no, not that bad. Um, I mean, yeah, cosmetics are nice and everything. I think... You look at like a you just look at the skin and you're like, hmm, like that's like twenty or thirty dollars, and it's like, or I could just go and buy an indie game for like that price and probably get a hundred hours out of it, or fifty hours, and you know that's still, if I if I look at it that way, I think that's more worthwhile, and it's like I'll just sit there with the whatever it, the game comes with and just play with that. It doesn't affect the gameplay, it just affects what I look like, and I can live with. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, if I have, I mean, not everyone is a is a, a maintenance manager at Home Depot, right? Some of us we have limited. Um, some of us we have a limited budgets to to play the, the game. So if I have thirty dollars a week to spend on a game, which is by the way, it's a lot of money for the average person out there, am I going to buy gold bundles that improve my army? progress forever as well or am i going to invest it in something visual personally if i have a choice to choose between both i'm going to invest the money um real money to buy gold to improve my armies because being able to kill pv uh, bosses also bring me joy just like being, being brings visual joy to other people with the cosmetics if i was multi-millionaire uh, definitely i would buy every single cosmetic that um, they put out in the shop so it's it's all about your personal situation and it's all a matter of perspective i mean for me in my current financial situation buying 300 dollars uh, cobalt hats it will be really really silly 
not sure what my wife would think about something like that but um yeah if i if i was if i was a manager at a home depot i probably would because these guys these guys get paid really well i heard i'm, I'm not sure <laughs> That is an interesting thing you brought up, then. I don't know if we've talked about it, but I hope they keep the two separate. Like, don't make us choose. Oh, you have your, here's your, you know, 1,500 gold you can buy a week from us. Do you want to buy a hat for 1,500 gold or three talents? I would be very disappointed if there's not a way to do both. Because that, I mean, as much as I love my hats, I would like to progress quickly and not be stuck around forever and looking nice. I'd still rather progress through, you know, as fast as possible. And if I guess eventually buy cosmetics, but that would be a very big downer for me. Well, I don't know why uh, the peasants are attacking me right now, but <laughs> I, 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 I agree. Uh, like, with, I wish, I hope there's something separate because I'm going to choose talents and getting all the talents first over uh, any cosmetics. At least that's what I'm saying now. But I, I think. Anyone that wants to play the game long term will hopefully uh, choose something that's going to make you do better in the game over a cosmetic until you get all the co uh, all the the talents or or things in that nature. If you had only once again, I'm asking you something that you could take a few minutes to think. So I, sorry to put you on the on the spot. If you guys could choose just one single cosmetic item available in the shop at the start of the game what would you like it to be are you saying basically pick between a the hero cosmetic a mini cosmetic or like a base cosmetic or like a cobalt cosmetic yeah, anything something in the in the something in to do with towers or something to do with frames or something to do with the with the clothing of a unit or any anything like one single cosmetic option to be available what would you choose i'd probably grab one from the leader that i plan to be using the most since that i mean that or the next like the second place winner would definitely just be tower cosmetics for me it would either be tower cosmetics or cobalt just something that you're going to be using for everything like i would see a leader if you switch switch leaders you kind of not using that cosmetic so i would choose a cosmetic that i would probably use more often than not yeah i like the tower idea because your tower is going to be in every single game so you know oh your barracks sorry so you know you're going to see it every single game otherwise apart from that i'll choose um a leader so like when you start the game you get to select your one of three leaders randomly chosen and then you could then select a um skin a little bit later on, once you have a few more leaders unlocked and you could choose a skin for one of the leaders you have unlocked. That'd be interesting. Get a, you know, here's, here's a free taste of a free skin. You guys want to buy some more? First one's free. Oh yeah, I see you got to do it. Got to get the nibbles going on your on, on, on the bait, don't you? And, and it will make people happy, the ones that don't have the, the resources to buy. At least they will get something and uh, it's all about spreading the joy a bit. In my opinion, something I would buy if it didn't affect my progress of my armies would be every time you change a leader, the visuals of your side of the map change in a, in a theme that kind of matches the leader. Like Undead, you will have like a purple terrain with some kind of uh, graveyards on the side, something like that. that that's what I would um, 
hope they make available. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Because they have in Neo Hearthstone your, uh, I think, Battleground skins or whatever. So, like, the the idea is not that the technology is there because they're developing a new game, but, like, the concept is there for other games they've done. So it's not, a, like, a new revolutionary idea to them. Yeah, but I like all of your options, guys. I think uh, it's clever, the idea, the kobolds and towers, because you will be benefiting from, from them in every single encounter in the game. So, yeah, you will be maximizing what you get out of spending that money for sure. Just give a really kobolds a really annoying skin, so you're, they waste more resources trying to destroy it. <laughs> like just the annoying kobold. So I think we covered everything that we wanted to today. I would like to thank Spanner, Trixie, and Gore for uh, coming in today and uh, working on the podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed this one. Please let us know uh, if you have anything you want us to discuss in the future. But I appreciate everyone listening in. Yeah, it was really nice to be back after a, a small miter, you know, hurricane shut us out for a while. Then I went to California. So it's great to be back. Great to see you. Or we'll see. Great to talk to you all guys again. And really, really enjoy doing this every week. So really happy to be back. I'll just like to say thank you for everyone for listening. Uh, thank you for Tap for main hosting today in the episode. I would like to say thank you to Trixie for going all the way to the other side of the country. Uh, representing the guild and the podcast it's much appreciated all that effort and um, i want to give a shout out this week to togar being a very nice member of the of the guild of the community did he find another deck that hasn't been built yet (laughs) i mean i i hope he doesn't mind me saying this he was a bit down this week at some point um i really relate to it because i've been down a few times with the lack of news and the other discord sometimes gets on my nerves a bit i'll be honest but anyway that's another that's another situation uh and i just want to say that um everyone is very uh, loved and appreciated everybody like togger that do so much for for the community like the people uh, the hosts in this podcast hello guild and uh, i hope everyone has a great week and uh, i'm sorry if i seem a bit uh, sound a bit sleepy today i promise you i am excited to be here it's just it's been a horrible week. Yeah, thanks again to everyone for tuning in and listening, watching. And thanks, Trixie, for making the commitment and effort to travel across the country, I think it was, um, and represent us. And thanks to everyone else for listening and watching, you know. Good to see you guys that keep us motivated as well, as much as anything else. All right, hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. We will see you next week.